From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Chuck Quirmbach, filling in for Mayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. He provides a roundup of what you need to know this midterm election year. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, J.R. We're in the middle of debate season already in these uh, Wisconsin races. Yeah, so we're about a month away from the election, so it's getting close. So last Friday night, Democrat Mandela Barnes and Republican incumbent Ron Johnson had their first debate in Milwaukee. They've got another debate coming up this week. What stood out to you from that first debate? Really, in debates anymore, you're looking for the flub, the error, the the viral moment that would go in a, a campaign ad or you know catch fire on social media. There really wasn't that kind of a moment. So from that perspective, it was you know kind of a draw. Democrats were quite happy with how Barnes performed. Recall that originally during negotiations on debates, Barnes wanted to kind of only commit to one that Johnson wanted to commit to. Barnes wanted to do some other debates that Johnson wasn't going to do. And eventually Barnes committed to a second one. And the thought at the time was that maybe Barnes was hesitant to do more than one debate uh, with Johnson because, you know, he'd had a couple of uh, not so great moments in public in other forums that maybe they thought he would falter. But if that was the expectation, he did pretty well. Um, he had some very good lines. Democrats were quite happy. I got several text messages from some saying they thought that he had, you know, quote unquote, won the debate. So Barnes, I think, exceeded expectations from uh, some people that I'd talked to before the debate and how he performed. And, you know, Johnson was Johnson. He didn't do anything that's going to come back to bite him that we can tell so far in this campaign. And really, think about the millions and millions and millions of dollars spent on ads in that race. That's what we're going to see more than this debate. So they've got another debate coming up Thursday at Marquette. Will the tone be different, do you think? I wonder if they're going to be on different issues. I sense some Republicans wish there were more questions about the economy, for example. They feel like that's really their wheelhouse. But, you know, I mean, obviously crime is something that's been a dominant issue out there for voters and was in the debate on Friday. So I don't know if it's going to be a tone's going to be different. I don't know if any of those two Senate campaigns want to do anything different because they came out unscathed from that experience. What are you hearing overall about the race? Is it still competitive as far as we know? Yeah, Wisconsin's such a, a purple state. You're never going to see anybody really run away or be very difficult to run away with a race. I mean, Tammy Baldwin did it in 2018, but that's kind of an anomaly in our recent history here. Uh, the challenge for Barnes is how does he change trajectory of this race? Uh, the momentum has been on Johnson's side in polling that we've seen. There's been a consistent drumbeat of ads about crime, knocking Mandela Barnes of wanting to defund the police and being a radical and all these things. And it's definitely leaving its mark. I mean, you can see in the polling that Barnes's negatives are going up. Uh, really saw a big number last week from Barnes. He announced he raised $20.1 million between July 1st and September 30th. That is an almost unheard of number in Wisconsin politics. I mean, went back and looked, Tammy Baldwin in 2018, that same three-month period raised about $6 million. Ron Johnson in 2016, that same period, less than $4 million. I mean, we're talking... I'm sure a record number for that period from a Senate candidate from Wisconsin. What can he do with it now? How can he effectively use that money to push back on the airways about what's going on? Now, we're already seeing kind of the circle firing squad, we call it in politics, people sniping about Mandela's campaign and the message and what's going on. That is a danger sign for any campaign. When you have people openly questioning your strategy in the media, it is incumbent upon him to try and change that dynamic. Now, again, we're such a purple state. People don't expect Ron Johnson to run away with it, 
But, you know, if it doesn't change at this point, people feel like Johnson is in a good position to win re-election. Again, there's not, not over, but this just the momentum is definitely kind of in Johnson's favor the last few weeks. Okay, and that other rather big race in Wisconsin, Democratic incumbent governor Tony Evers, Republican challenger and business person Tim Michaels, uh, still going at it. I was at a Friday afternoon Michaels news conference talking more about uh, the crime and parole and so on. Uh, how's that race going? It's, it's this crime and abortion and what else is big? You know, really, Michaels is trying to hammer home this message about the violent offenders who've been released on parole while Evers has been in office. That also came up in the Senate debate, by the way. Tony Evers has focused a lot of his ads about abortion and trying to paint Michaels as this radical and who's out of touch. Um, they have one debate, one debate only. That one's going to be kind of uh, high stakes for Michaels in a way because in his other two debates in the primary, he had to clean up afterward. You know, comments about Donald Trump and some other things. So people watch and see how Michaels performs. He, you know, first run for office in 18 years, you know, got was a little rusty in those other debates. How will he perform in this one? Will it be a different scenario? Will he have any flubs that come back to, to bite him? What's different in that race is that whereas Republicans have the clear advantage in spending on TV in that race, Democrats have the clear advantage in the governor's race. Part of that's because Tony Evers has been a fundraising machine as a governor, uh, thanks in part to help from the Democratic Party of Wisconsin. And he was able to lay down ads early in the cycle. When you do that, you get candidates get the best rate, and the earlier you lay it down, the more you can buy for your dollar. Consequently, when you look at the dollars being spent, Michaels and Republicans have been able to kind of close the gap somewhat in the closing weeks of this race. But in terms of gross ratings points, which is basically how often voters see those ads, they're not really making a huge dent in that, the numbers that I've looked at. It just shows you that Evers is able to lay down stuff early, and it means that you're going to see more Evers messages than Michael's messages in the closing weeks of the race. We also have on this busy week an upcoming Marquette University poll. Uh, talk about the importance of polling at this point, uh, not only Marquette's, but sort of the uh, range of polls that are out there. How, how can they affect the race at this point? It's all about perception. I mean, look, I, I'm a dork about polling. I look at cross tabs and I look at all kinds of things to see what's going on. But I have learned in a long time of doing this that polls are not the end-all be-all about what's going on. They are meant to be, uh, one, a way to look at the momentum in the race. So Marquette is great to look at because you have multiple polls over the course of the year. You can see, for example, you know, Ron Johnson has had high negatives and his favorable, unfavorable ratings in that poll. You can see if those things are changing. Yes, the head-to-head, uh, the horse race numbers get a lot of attention, and the Marquette poll will get a lot of attention nationally because kind of the, the gold standard in Wisconsin. At the same time, I always caution people, you know, things change as the fall goes on. I really watch to see the final weeks, how those you know, polls hold up, as they get close to the race. What's happening in early October is not necessarily what's going to happen in early November. We're also seeing high-quality polls from other groups doing stuff, and again, watch the trends. Try and see what's happening with races. And it's clear in the Senate race, for example, momentum has been in Johnson's favor. The governor's race, it hasn't been as clear that things are really moving significantly. Michaels has tightened it, but he's not even. And there could be a couple of reasons for that. One, the power of incumbency, right? Um, that's a powerful thing for uh, people who have been in office, that people voters know who they are. Two, that spending disparity talked about on TV Evers has advantage, and so does Johnson. They're both in better shape. So maybe Michaels isn't closing the gap as much or eking ahead because he's down 
in terms of spending. You know, there could be other factors as well. Okay, meanwhile, we should talk about the rest of us, the voters, and uh, there's been, again, some significant developments in the issue of ballots and what uh, will be in front of voters, either on an absentee basis or on election day. What's the latest there? Oh, their lawsuits are flying. I feel for clerks in Wisconsin right now, they're going to have to adjust quite a bit between non-election day. But one of the latest ones is we had a lawsuit filed seeking to compel clerks to accept incomplete addresses on absentee ballots from witnesses. So remember, when you vote absentee, you know, your stuff's all filled out. You have to sign it. You have to have a witness fill out his or her address and sign it. The question has been, what is a complete address? Um, there have been lawsuits for like, for example, one that clerks can no longer cure ballots, right, without first asking the voter to do it him or herself. So this lawsuit in Dane County, what judges asked, okay, you should issue an order to require clerks to accept an incomplete address. The judge said, no, the Elections Commission has said before, uh, an address is defined as street name, street number, municipality. That's what you should follow. Um, You you can have one without a zip code, for example, but we're going to stick with that. There's a second lawsuit of the exact same topic that's currently pending in Dane County as well. There are lawsuits out there. So it's going to be a bit of an adventure for clerks between now and election day to figure out how to adjust and fly. The one thing about these lawsuits I'm not sure about is, you know, we voted absentee now several cycles, right? Or voted absentee more often than we used to for several cycles. 2020 was obviously the big one with COVID. One, we are going back to quote unquote normal in terms of how we vote. We're not voting by absentee as much. And two, after having been through it several times and the amount of publicity about, you know, what you have to do, I wonder, are there going to be as many mistakes as there were in 2020? Things are left off those ballots. I think the Audit Bureau, for example, for the legislature, a nonpartisan arm of the legislature, did a look at 2020, surveyed 14,000 absentee ballot envelopes. I think like around 4 or 5% were missing a, a zip code. So that kind of tells you how much how often that mistake was made in 2020, just a sample of it. But do people, have they learned to not leave those things off because they're now used to it? That's a big question. And we should also finally mention, uh, and we will in the coming weeks as well, voter turnout. There are various turnout efforts underway. What strikes you about them this year? A couple of things. One, there is a lawsuit pending in Milwaukee County over an effort by nonprofit groups to do turnout that the Republican Party of Wisconsin has questioned if the city was actually kind of helping aid that effort improperly. We will see how that goes. But, you know, we have really perfected how to turn people out in Wisconsin. We have been such a high turnout state for so long. We've been in the eye of the storm for so many cycles. Uh, they're really well-oiled machines at this point. But what I've learned is that no matter how good your operation is, it only accounts for a point or two unless you have momentum. If it's a bad environment for Democrats in November, you can't make people go vote Democratic just because you have a lot of money pumped into your turnout machine. You have to be able to capture the enthusiasm. And the question right now is, where is that enthusiasm going to be? Is it going to be about abortion or is it going to be about crime and the economy? We don't know. Uh, looking at polls, they suggest that crime and the economy are the most important issues. But even if abortion isn't the most important one, the key question is, who is it most important for? If it changes the votes of two or three points of the Wisconsin electorate, versus what it would be a normal year, that's a big deal. Indeed. Thanks, JR. Have a great and busy week. I'm sure you will. Oh, yeah. Always. Thanks. That was J.R. Ross of wispolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Chuck Kornbach. 
Listen for our segments every Monday and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.